Welcome to the Human Flourishing Project. I'm Alex Epstein. Well, sometimes on this show, it takes me a little while to decide what I'm going to cover any given show, which is every two weeks. But this week, for the last two weeks, I've been absolutely certain what I want to cover. Since there is a productive breakthrough I've been having that I'm very eager to share with you and that I think will help out a lot of people. Now, as a little background, I've talked on this show a lot about what I call relaxed productivity. And to me, that that captures a lot of what I think of as human flourishing, the ability to produce value in a way that is enjoyable, that's satisfying. And I like relaxed because it, it captures that it's it's something we are experiencing a certain amount of ease with, or at least a lack of tension. And, and I, I always aspire to relaxed productivity, at least most of the time, because I think, look, we have the benefit of living in a world where in relatively little time, we can produce a lot of value in large part, as I talk about in my work on energy, because we can use machines to produce so much value for us. So it's essential that we have our own productive activity. And I think that is key to satisfaction in life, at least for most people. But the amount of tension that happens and the amount of overwhelm, that can't be necessary. That can't be good. So I'm always looking for ways to achieve relaxed productivity more. And I have found one. So today I'm going to be discussing the distinction between two types of time and why they should be maximally separated. And I'm calling these performance time and feedback time. Now, this is not going to be entirely new. I have discussed elements of this before, but there is quite a bit new here. And I want to tell you how I how I have arrived at my recent understanding of this issue. And it begins with an experiment that those of you who are familiar with my approach may think is insane. And if you're just familiar with productive wisdom in general, you may think it's insane. So what was my insane experiment? It was to, instead of avoiding like the plague, email and social media first thing in the morning, to actually process my email and social media, even social media, first thing in the morning. So how could this be even a legitimate idea for an experiment, let alone wanting to live this way? Well, let's give the case against it first. Why is it a bad idea to process email and social media first thing in the morning? And by the way, my experiment you're going to see is not something I'm going to advocate everybody do even as an experiment, but it is. It might surprise you. So why is it a bad idea? Well, you get into a reactive mode. So you open up your email and there's all kinds of stuff there. And then you have to answer all these things and who knows what kinds of emotions get stimulated, what surprises there are, good and bad. And then you can get down different kinds of rabbit holes and you get a newsletter and you click on something and that brings you into, and then social media on top of that. I mean, that is the ultimate rabbit hole. There are different conflicts and arguments and quote unquote news stories and all these things that are algorithmically optimized to get as much of your attention as possible, as long as possible. How is that at all compatible with productivity of any kind? Well, 
it is it, it in in the form in which it's generally done it's i don't think it's it's uh compatible and to make matters seemingly worse for this experiment in my particular case i tend to have very strong early morning mental energy level. So not everyone does. People have different kinds of rhythms. I think in, in Dan Pink's book, When, which is a really good book, he talks about, I think, larks and owls. And I think I'm a lark, so tend to have better energy earlier in the day. So you'd even think, okay, well, that's even more bizarre. Why would you, why would you do this? And yet, You'll occasionally hear of people who do something like this. That is, uh, they'll they'll do kind of administrative work. They'll get it out of the way, and then they'll have an open-ended rest of day. For example, to my knowledge, Ayn Rand, a big productive hero of mine, did this. My my recollection from people who knew her was that she would handle different kinds of business affairs in the morning, finish at about ten thirty, and then the rest of the day she could just write. And so this this intrigued me. And recently I was having a morning where I there were some there was some administrative stuff I absolutely needed to do in the morning because I had I'd put it off, but it was due that day. And then I thought, you know what, it won't take me too much longer to just process things. Why don't I just do this? And any social media I want to do as well, do it now. And then after this, you are not there's going to be no email or social media for the rest of the day. And and in my particular work it's doable. I know it ever and other people's work, it might not be doable in that way, but some version of it is probably doable. But for me, I thought I could, I could definitely say, okay, I'm just going to look at it tomorrow morning. Anything can wait 24 hours, but I am not for the rest of the day. There's going to be none of no social media, uh, no email. And I also added in no, like no web entertaining web browsing or anything like that. Uh, I can, I can of course take breaks and I can read things. I can go on my app thoughtful, which is a place where everything, you know, all the content is thoughtful. I, I can do that when I have recreational time, but I, no matter what, even if I have recreational time tonight, even those blocks, no email, no social media, no recreational web browsing. So I tried this and the negative of it was, well, that morning I had a little bit less time and energy for my core writing. So, and I expected that, but it was still notable. That was true. But then I take a break in the middle of the day from one to two thirty, And what I noticed is my afternoon, I was a whole different animal than normal. I generally am much stronger in the mornings, but I noticed, wow, in the afternoon, I'm pretty strong too. And even I was strong if I had multiple things. So sometimes in the morning, often in the morning, I'll just have writing. So that's a long thing. You can get into it. But I noticed in the afternoon when I didn't have these, uh, when I didn't have email or social media uh, or any kind of web browsing, when there weren't even options, like there's no point at which I was going to do them while I was awake. So when I woke up in the morning, sure, but when they were just totally out of mind, I just found that whether the tasks were short or long or somewhere in between, I could just, I could, I mean, I, I just felt like, wow, I'm a machine. Like this is a morning Alex has become afternoon Alex. And this is very intriguing to me because I, I like having more of the energy that morning Alex has. So I was, I'm experiencing this clarity and energy in the afternoon that were unprecedented to me, as well as just enjoying it 
it more. So I started thinking about what is it about these particular things that I have omitted from the rest of my day? Uh, And I think it's important to classify things well. And I'm always thinking about the things that interfere with focus, how do we classify them? So sometimes we'll talk about them as distractions, but on one episode, I talked about why it's often useful to think of them as escapes. And what I started realizing here is that the key thing that I wasn't receiving after the early morning was feedback. Now, I'll need to apply it to the different things, but the key idea is I wasn't in getting feedback on my performance. So let's take email first. When I get email, what is in the email? There are all kinds of different things. There are newsletters and stuff like that. But one big thing in email, and this is true for a lot of us, is I'm getting feedback on how I'm doing my job. For example, if there's some, one thing is things can come into our email address that say, hey, Alex, I want you to give a speech. Or things can come in that say, hey, Alex, I really liked your speech, or I liked your YouTube video, or I didn't like it. Or if somebody has a comment, you know, I'm working with an editor who has a comment, that can be a positive or negative comment. And then sales can close or not. And we have this accelerator program. People can contribute to that or not. There are all these things that come up with email, but they're in the category. A lot of them fall into the category of they're giving me feedback on my uh, performance. Now, social media. Well, does social media involve feedback? I think it does for most people, unless you're in a pure browsing mode. And even there, I think it does. I'll talk about that in a second. And I probably get more feedback than most in my social media, but pretty much anyone gets a lot of feedback. And I think that's a lot of the the appeal of it and the addictive quality of it. So in my social media, if I go onto Twitter, oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe what people say. And so sometimes it's, oh, this really prominent person with a blue check promoted my thing. And that's kind of cool. Or this person made some snide comment. What do I do about that? And I should say, I am probably in the bottom, you know, 10th or 15th percentile in terms of being affected by social media, just from people I know. But nevertheless, it does affect me. And I'm going to say it, it affected me. It affects me at least a lot more than I, I thought it did in terms of how much this affects productive activity. But then there's also the web browsing, which was interesting to me. Why why was that? Why was n- knowing that I wouldn't do any of that, why was that so comforting and contributing to focus? And I connected to feedback, as in when we're browsing the web, we are often seeing what's happening to our values in the world. And this is definitely true on social media, even when we're not getting likes and comments on our own stuff. We're seeing, for example, okay, I like... You know, in politics, like, okay, I like this politician, I dislike this politician, what's happening? And what does it mean? It's what's, we're identifying with it, what's happening to our values. And it's, it's, it has a real effect. And so what I started noticing, when I noticed how great it felt to just be in pure performance mode without feedback, and without the prospect of feedback, it made me realize how significantly feedback affects me and I think affects most people because again I think I'm in 
pretty low in terms of how much different kinds of feedback affect me. I don't, I'm not the kind of person who just gets upset for days when there's a criticism. You have, uh, these all these celebrities who say, you know, every negative comment I get, I remember it, it keeps me up. I have nothing uh, resembling that. But nevertheless, I noticed that when I, when I wasn't getting anything like this, or more accurately, when it was all bunched together, so when all the feedback was just in like one ball, one hour a day at the beginning of the day, 45 minutes a day, okay, I handled it all. It emotionally, it like went through my system, and then, okay, then it's done. And then I, some of it I can learn from, I can do something about, and I can factor that in. But I, but I know that I have this huge amount of what I'm calling performance time. That the rest of the day, I know that there's going to be no feedback that I'm going to get that is going to screw with me in one way or another. Now, I particularly noticed this. I was confident in this, but then... I noticed this when I was a couple days ago. I had a couple things going on, and one of them was really good. I had a really good business result, and it, but it was a, it was a phone call that I had scheduled where I learned, oh, this is a good development. Uh, I made the sale. I made an important sale, and I was just noticing, oh my god, this like feels good. This is really exciting, but it's really hard to be productive when I'm having this feeling. And I thought, like, oh, I got it. It didn't. It wasn't as easy to go to my next thing. And then I got a note um, from my editor with my book, and it was a totally good note. And it wasn't particularly negative, but it was, hey, you should think about doing this. And I just noticed, wow, that really is it's just a totally different mode and now I'm thinking about that and what do I do with that and versus if I if I took it all in one block and it definitely doesn't have to be the morning and I don't even think it ideally is the morning I'll talk about that in a minute for me there are specific reasons why it's in the morning but when it's all bunched together yeah I just take that feedback along with everything else and then I figure out the action implications and I put it somewhere ends up somewhere in my calendar and planning system and then I just uh, deal with it but it does, but then I can, I can just have these hours of performance time. And what I notice about the performance time is whether it's a long block of things or even whether it's a lot of shorter things, I just feel like a machine and it's really enjoyable. It's really satisfying. And I, I like this distinction between performance time and feedback time because it captures something that I don't think is often captured with other distinctions. So for example, Cal Newport, whom I'm a big fan of, talks about deep work and shallow work. And then often it's, well, distractions are particularly bad for deep work. I, I, I don't want to caricature his view because I think his view is, is very nuanced on this and probably doesn't disagree with me at all. But just to, it's it's too easy to think of it as okay, well, sometimes I need to do this super focused work, like working a four hour block on a book. And then there are other things that are small and those are kind of distractions. And my view right now, at least that's helpful for me and I think will be helpful to many is be clear on what kinds of activities involve feedback that can have a significant emotional effect on you, or e even if it doesn't feel significant, like it, it'll it'll disrupt your mind in a way that is not conducive to being in a being in performance mode. Be aware of that, 
and bunch those things together. So one thing I've been doing with my mornings is it's not that I do all email and everything related or any kind of administrative stuff in the morning. It's that I process anything that comes in, I deal with all the feedback stuff, and then I schedule stuff for later, often in the afternoon. So it might be, hey, I need to write a note, I need to write a sales letter or something like that, and that's gonna take me an hour. I don't do that in the morning, but I process anything incoming in the morning. And I do process the social media uh, just because that's, if I'm gonna be doing it sometime, I'd rather be doing it with the rest of the stuff. Now, I imagine that the best possible system for me would be something like 8.30 at night, uh, probably 8.30 to 9.15 or 9.30, maybe 8 to 9, because I like to go to bed at 9.30. I just do all the feedback stuff. I just process all of that then. And then when I wake up in the morning, it's performance time, and I know that I know that there's going to be no relevant feedback time. Like there, I won't really be anticipating it because let's say I stop my work at six or six 30. I know, okay, there's, there's no, there's no chance at any time during my core performance day that I'm going to be getting any of this kind of feedback. So for me and my personal schedule, my personal life, the way we structure things right now, that's not ideal to do, but my guess is that would be the best, but I, I am having a lot of success with this morning thing when I'm making sure, okay, I'm taking all the feedback in. And, and what I've been doing on the weekends is I've just been doing none. So Friday morning, Friday morning to Monday morning, uh, nothing. And then if there's, you know, if there's something, someone I really need to hear from, I'm sure about that. What I can do is I, I can just set up a filter in Gmail to send me a text message. You can Google how to do that. If there's somebody who does that, or you can just schedule a time to look up, hey, did I get something from this person? Just search, and, and I'll, I'll talk about tips in a second, but you can yeah, you, you can do stuff like that, but it's, it's amazing just the weekends, having none of that kind of work-related feedback time can be good, and, and so, occasionally I work on the weekends, and I find that, oh yeah, even then, it Sometimes if I work on the weekends, particularly doing planning stuff, I'll think, oh, well, I'll just look at some email. And now it's just, no, those are totally separate. That when I, I can perform so much better at planning and everything else when I'm not getting that feedback. So the, the performance mode is really an amazing mode. It's just this mode of pure progress. It's very satisfying because it's, it, if you're doing the right kind of work for you, because it's interesting, and then it's just this feeling of advancement. And, and I, I'm really excited about it because the feeling that I would get a significant percentage of the day, I now get a much more significant percentage of the day. So let me talk about some tips related to maximizing performance time, the amount of it, and then the the value of it. So as I said before, the key, one thing I'll just stress again is the key is to get the feedback into a block, not to get all the administrative stuff into one block. That could easily inflate. So I think of it as getting the feedback into as small a block as possible, maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes, up to an hour. So with, with email, it's I do the the Ari Mizell system of just going through the inbox and getting it to zero and boomeranging or anything for the future. And I'll put other stuff in my planner, but the main thing is I just want to get through everything that involves feedback and the same thing for social media. I can just go through that quickly and get that out of the way. Now it might, maybe at some point, Oh, I want a, a longer block of time recreationally to look at social media. I haven't found that to be, I haven't found myself missing that time, but I could do that. It would just 
just have to keep in mind, it's part of the reason why it's not going to be all that rejuvenating is it has all this kind of feedback uh, in it and built into it, to, I think, very deliberately. So that's one thing, the getting the feedback into a block, not the administrative tasks into a block. Another one which I alluded to is learn how to access your email without seeing your inbox. There are a bunch of ways to do this. Uh, if you have Gmail, what you can do is just create a folder that has nothing in it or that has only old stuff in it and then figure out how to, you can just type in the name of that folder. I guess it's technically a label in, in Chrome or whatever your browser is and it should bring that up. But yeah, just get used to being able to get to, to Gmail or whatever it is and to be able to access only the search and only the right without access, uh, without accessing the inbox. This is super important. You should really view it as this is a, not just, oh, I'll just take a little glimpse. No, do not look at that inbox. That is just, glaze your eyes, do not do it. Okay, third tip is don't overcommit. So this is a broader recommendation, but it's, is it worth saying here? You're going to have feedback time. You're going to have performance time. One of the great things is if you have a lot of performance time, long blocks of it, you can get a lot done. And if you're not overcommitted, what you'll find is you'll get you'll get more proactive stuff done. You'll be able to reverse procrastinate, which is which is one of the greatest things that I've talked about on a different episode. Where it's oh, I can just I'm actually I can get ahead of these things because I don't have that many things to do. And I just have this amazing, this amazing stretch of energy in my performance time to do it. And there's nowhere to go in terms of all this feedback laden stuff. So I might as well get ahead on something or I can just rejuvenate or I can take a real break. It's, it's really cool. I've talked about calendar comprehensiveness. I talked about that last week, but that's definitely relevant here as part of scheduling and having everything planned and and blocking it off properly and not overcommitting. Another tip is rejuvenate as needed. So rejuvenate is great. I mean, with the performance time, you'll feel this really strong energy. And then when you feel like you're losing the energy or it's getting sapped, maybe just take a nap or whatever. I've talked a lot about rejuvenation. You can listen to one of those episodes, but just do one of your rejuvenation routines, but just do not have it be something that involves this kind of uh, feedback. One thing that's interesting is conversations with other people, and I think you'd need to think about that. I don't tend to do that during the day, but if it's something like, oh, you have a nagging mother-in-law, <laughs> definitely avoid that, uh, that kind of thing. And then the final thing uh, I'll emphasize here with performance time is be a finisher. So it's so good to just complete things as much as possible. And one way to think about it is you want to complete things to the point that either A, they are done, B, they can be delegated, B, they can be delegated to others, or C, that the future you will like receiving them. And this is one I find very helpful. Think about the future you will like receiving them. So when you're working on something, you want to leave it in a state where the future you will be think, oh yeah, I'm, I'm so far ahead on this. It's going to be fun to work on, not, oh, I left myself with just a mess and now I'm going to have to clean up the mess and it's really just back to the drawing board. No, you want to leave, you want to leave the future you very happy. So the performance time gives you these stretches where you can just, uh, you can just do that. So I had an example recently where I was preparing for an interview with somebody really smart and I wanted to just, I started reading the book 
one of the main books of the person. And I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to read this whole book uh, right now, and I'm going to take notes from it, and I'm going to formulate the questions and organize them. And I just did it all in one session. It was a long session, but it was very satisfying, and it was very efficient. So that that kind of finishing, and then that leads to so much momentum for the next thing. Because oh yeah, I, I'm the kind of person who uh, finishes things. Finishes things. Now, another thing about being a finisher is I think it is good. The finisher's mindset is very good for not overcommitting. Because if if you really think about things in terms of oh I'm going to have to really finish this at some point, it it gets it it makes clear oh yeah I'm going to need a chunk of performance time. Do I want to spend that? performance time on this because if, if it takes five hours then okay that's five hours of performance time I can't do for something else and then I get one final tip is just to think about what other things are like have this feedback uh, effect on you so for instance if you do interviews or public speaking obviously I'm speaking to my own kind of stuff but does that affect it? I was doing uh kind of interview and I was just noticing, oh, wow, I find that certain kinds of things like that, I find pretty draining and I find it hard to focus afterward in a way that I don't when I'm just even dictating something like this. So I'm, I'm exploring that, but it's, it, the, the message is get clear on how just that, just how different kinds of feedback affect you and really being aware that there's certain kinds of time that you can spend where you're not going to have that. And it it is definitely a powerful kind of time that you want to optimize and maximize as much as possible. So I'm curious how others think of this and how you experience it. So let me know what you think about performance time versus feedback time. Email me at alex at alexepstein.com. Join the discussion at facebook.com slash human flourishing project. And of course, to get regular updates when there are new shows every two weeks, go to humanflourishingproject.com and sign up for the email list. All right, that's it for me. Going to enjoy some more performance time right after this. I'll be back in two weeks. Until next time, I'm Alex Epstein. This has been the Human Flourishing Project.